Hi there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Jamie Hampton, and I'm excited to be here today with Angela Buns, who is the author of a book called Seven Simple Steps to Studying Scripture, How to Journal Your Way Through the Word of God. And I'm really looking forward to getting to talk with her about a really amazing journey that God took her on to bring her to a place of enjoying prayer journaling and scripture journaling. And um, it just came at a really interesting time, to say the least. And so, Angela, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us today. Oh, you're welcome. It's an honor to be here with you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah. Well, before we get started, we love to ask our guests what your favorite prayer closet is. Where do you like to go to be close to God? And it could be really traditional, like an actual room or closet, or it could be something totally off the wall. So we (laughs) open it up. I have an actual closet after I saw the war room movie, maybe other people did that too. So I have a lot of memories in there and that's kind of where I started. And I have a lot of sticky notes and awesome things all plastered over my wall. It's my literal closet (laughs) that's in there. Um, And also where I am right now is actually where I would say mostly. Um, I just love this setting. I've got windows around me. I've got a color in the room that just is very calming to me. And there's, we've got a lot of birds that are outside the window. And I just really feel like this is a place I just really feel close to God. Yeah. I even commented as soon as I saw your room. (laughs) I love that color. There's just something really calming about it. And right now our bedroom is a disaster because we had some construction in the bathroom and we've never recovered from the construction phase. And (laughs) there's just something really, I really think it's important to have a room, especially your bedroom, for it to be a place that feels restful. And so, yeah, that inspires me to take the next step of, you know, and I may steal your color too. (laughs) That's fine. I'll look it up. I'm not sure. We don't paint a whole lot, but I was like, oh, I think I did okay on this color. So not a closet, but that's just to be honest, that's just really relaxing for me here. So that's nice. Yeah. Okay. And one more thing. Sure. Coffee or tea? It depends. In the morning, it's coffee. Um, just, uh, a, a one mug full. And then I love, um, iced tea, um, unsweetened. I don't drink sweet tea. I live in, I live in Florida, but I love unsweet iced tea. And that's what I do after lunch. That's what I, that's when I have my tea or if I'm with friends and we go out for something, I usually get an unsweet iced tea. So you're going against the grain in the South, right? Yes, totally. Yeah. My totally. father-in-law always jokes cause they live in North Carolina and he mm-hmm. always has to specify unsweet tea. And I cannot tell you how many times we've been out. And especially in the South and he'll say it and they still bring sweet tea. And he's like, I'm I'm going against the grain. (laughs) Me too. Same exact thing. Yeah. All right. Well, what, uh, when we get started talking about your prayer journaling journey, um, what inspired you? Can you just share a little bit about the story of what inspired you to begin journaling? It actually was from my mentor. Um, I'm blessed enough to have grown up in a Christian home. So I just, um, very, very fortunate. I know not everyone has that. Um, My parents walked out their faith. And so I um, went to church. We went to science school. I read my Bible. We did all that. And I just never, I never journaled. No one in my family did. And then um, five, um, almost five years ago in October, my mentor at the, uh, still my mentor, Linda, she suggested, have you ever thought about journaling? She had journaled for years and years. And I was like, no, my response was, I think like a lot of um, people was, no, I don't really journal. And it was kind of intimidating. Um, And I just thought, I I don't really know about that. No. And she said, well, you should just try it. Just, just start to jot things down that you feel like God is showing you or different, different sermons, different things. And I said, okay. So I just started doing it that way, just did her recommendation. And I'm just thank the Lord that I listened and took that advice and started. Well, I think that's so important too, just to that whole idea of mentorship, because it's kind of hard sometimes. I don't know if you found this to be true, but it's hard sometimes to be intentional about seeking out a mentor. I mean, sometimes maybe one falls into your lap or, um, but I, over the years, There have been some people that I've considered mentors informally just because we had interactions and they spoke into my life. Sure. Other times I've sought out mentors and sometimes they've said no. And, you know, it's not an easy thing. So 
before we get into the journaling, how did you find that mentor and were you intentional about it or was it just kind of a person that fell into your life that you just sort of adopted? Um, I'd say kind of both. She was in my life um, through um, my daughter's school. Um, and so I knew her and I knew she was a really good Christian woman in the community. People thought very highly of her. And we had some interactions and I got to know her. And I'd heard she did different meetings of just like small Bible studies at night with a dinner and things. And so I thought, well, let me, let me try that. So I went and then she opened it up to be a kind of a deeper situation which was a financial commitment. It was a time commitment. And so it was, you know, I thought, well, I don't know if I should, if this is a good idea and it was well worth it. If, if you can find someone that you're able to really feel like can speak truth into you, it has helped me so much. A lot of this journal wouldn't be here and without her, without that mentorship with Linda, just to just encourage me and to just show me how it, how it could work and things like that. So it's really helped me a lot. That is great. And, you know, I, I began journaling. I think journaling is something that for people that have always kind of journaled, I think maybe they take it for granted, but you know, I, I had a diary when I was a kid Mm -hmm. and through being a teenager and it was more of like a dear diary and it sort of morphed into a dear God thing, you know, and I never thought of it as journaling though. And I never recorded, well, I don't, I, I, it wasn't organized in any way. It wasn't intentional. It was just, I'm throwing my thoughts out there. And I got to college and I had a friend who became kind of a mentor to me. She, um, we were the same age, but she really kind of challenged me in my faith and she gave me a a journal and kind of showed me how she journaled. And that's when I started being intentional about, okay, this journal is for the purpose of communicating with God putting my thoughts down like a diary many times, but I always ended with like a list of prayers and things that made it a little bit more spiritual than just getting my thoughts out. Not that there's anything wrong with the other kind, Mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah, I think journaling can be intimidating for someone that has never started. And, um, I don't know. So I know that you're an author now. Were you, did you like writing before that or was writing not a thing that was something that you loved doing in the first place that is true it's not something in the first place I'm one of the strange people that would rather speak to speak in a in a group I'm much more comfortable speaking which is so in counterintuitive to most people writing just doesn't come easily for me okay talking does but not writing (laughs) well I'm glad to know that so um yeah I'm glad to know that because I've been wondering so with journaling, maybe someone that enjoys writing in the first place would just kind of naturally fall into it, but you had to be challenged to make it happen. So what would you say to someone that is not really doesn't like writing, or maybe just, you know, doesn't feel like they're gifted at writing or doesn't feel like they enjoy writing all that much? What would you say to them as a first step to begin journaling that would not feel so intimidating? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think not to have a lot of rules with it and to not put pressure on it, because obviously how I would say I journal is different from other people. And I think as a Christian woman, just to keep seeking the Lord, because the book I ended up with is not the book that I thought I would start with. Hmm. And so um, I think just not to get into a lot of rules. And I have a lot of women who have reached out and said, I really love what you're doing, but I'm intimidated by the artwork. I don't have any artwork. They just assume journaling is going to take on Bible journaling and a lot of coloring and artwork and drawing. And I say, oh no, I don't draw or anything. (laughs) So just to kind of figure out what works for you um, and not worry about following rules or a certain other pattern that maybe would work for somebody else. I think that's the great thing about journaling too, because I didn't even know that the whole artwork, when I think of journaling, I think of writing down your prayers, writing down your thoughts. And I had, I didn't even know that this whole Bible journaling, I think when people say Bible journaling, a lot of times it involves like the stickers and coloring and, you know, these Bibles that you can get where you can color on the side. Right. That's intimidating to me. I do. I am a creative person and I enjoy art to a certain extent. But when it comes to a journal or a Bible, it makes me nervous to (laughs) like, it almost feels like I'm defacing it with coloring and pictures and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm afraid I'm not going to be good at it. And so I don't really, it's just not enjoyable for me. It's stressful. So I really don't, I doodle sometimes, but I really don't do a lot of the 
flowery, you know, stickers and coloring. Um, But there are what I really like, I am more of a kind of word nerd where I enjoy looking at the meanings of words. So sometimes I'll highlight a word and then I'll do a little word study on it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I like highlighters. I like using the highlighters yeah. and, mm-hmm. you know, different kinds of things like that. But um, yeah, so there are very, there are lots of different mm-hmm. types of, of journaling. So what would you say that your style of journaling looks like in your, in your, in your journals? What does it look like? In my journals, um, it, when I, like from when I first started to kind of now it's, it's kind of been different. Um, and it changes. I don't, I have a, my seven simple steps, which I do, but I also journal where I just journal Sunday with notes that I feel like I want to remember that my pastor spoke, you know, at, at church Sunday. Um, there's other times where I'm going through a tough time and I want to sort that out. And so I'll, I'll journal through that. Um, Generally, my I, with my Bible study now, it's with my seven steps, and I have simple, seven simple steps that just help people kind of understand the word better, which is what my goal is, to have them understand God's love and his word better for them personally. So, But it, it does vary. I mean, there's days where it's a rough day. Like you said, there's a place, I think, for just, Lord, I just, I'm having a rough day, you know, and I think sometimes it is very, it's powerful when you get that out and speak that to him, either speaking it or writing it down to remember it. Yeah. Well, and I think, so for me, if you were to talk to me one-on-one, which I guess we're doing now, but you know, without a plan, I tend to be a little bit shy. I don't begin conversations. Once I get talking, I'm talkative, but, um, but I, it, it takes me a while to kind of express myself and I express myself so much better by writing. So when I begin journaling, when I talk to God, it's very lengthy. I'm not concise in my journaling. But I think for someone that doesn't like writing or expresses themselves better verbally, just the idea of, like you said, just talking to God and just kind of even just writing down, okay, God, I feel sad today. Um, This is why. And, you know, just very, very basic or even bullet points as opposed to paragraphs, you know, of just Or another thing that kind of might be neat is speaking out loud to God if you're in a place where that wouldn't seem strange. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so as an aside, um, so Alana, who's the co-host of this podcast, she has this trick. I wish I could think of the name. She got it from a guy that she knew at one point when she was younger. Um, You can like put, uh, like you can actually put headphones on and appear to be on the phone with someone or talking to someone, you know, or at the time, I think it was a Bluetooth headset and basically pray out loud to God (laughs) and just be walking down the street. And if you're in a crowded place, it doesn't really seem all that odd to be talking, you know, and in this, if you want to use that trick, she has a, a, a name for it. It's that person's name. It's their trick where they would just walk around and have a Bluetooth headset on and just talk to God and pray. And and it didn't seem strange, but if you're journaling to maybe speak out loud to God and then write down notes, you know, just take notes with your conversation with God. It's not, and tell people it's not, we're not doing a paper. We're not, you don't have, you don't have to write a book in your journal. No one's grading it. Right. Nobody's grading it. Nobody's grading it. I have plenty of bullet points and I just draw lines and you make points. And a lot of times if I'll look up a verse then related to really what I'm feeling, Mm. and then I'll write that down too, just to kind of help me with it. If I'm in a really sad place, then I'm going to look up some things that would be related to that in the word to kind of help me see, okay, David felt that too. And here's where I can and write down and learn from that. So yeah, it's not graded. <laughs> well, how would you say, did, would you say that your prayer life changed as a result of journaling or was journaling just an expression or an extension of your existing prayer life? I think that it did improve. I think myself personally, I realized from writing that I had then have a recording of all these moments and these things that I've written down. And it's so powerful for me to go back and see God's hand in it. And so um, I'll write prayers down. And I tell people, I make copies of things. I don't always handwrite. If I see something great online, I print it off and just use tape and stick it in my journal. And so I do things like that too. And so I've got prayers recorded in there. And it's, I think just the closeness and seeing God's hand just makes I love coming to prayer now through some of these things because I just feel the comfort of the Lord. Like he knows me when I get there, he knows what's best for me. 
And so I think through just trials in life that that can really increase your prayer life if you lean into that. I think for me, my favorite part of journaling is the going back and being able to see in a way that I think I would have forgotten. Because so many times when I go back in my journal, I forget that I even prayed something. And I see that and I'm like, wow, God really answered that. And I totally had forgotten that I'd prayed about it. So I agree. It's very powerful. I was just telling one of my neighbors today, she was like, I've got your book and I've never journaled. And it seems like it's, it's going to be okay. And she said, why do you like it so much? And that's what I told her. I said, you can, you're going to be able to remember things that you would have forgotten that God was doing. And then you look back and you're just in awe that you would have otherwise remembered. Yeah. And then it encourages you in your you know, it makes it exciting and fun instead of like, oh, I've got a journal today. You know, yeah. it really just like stokes that fire to to continue. Yeah. Well, I really, the the really exciting part of your story, I guess exciting is one word. And for you, it was a difficult, difficult time is the way that God went before you in this journey of journaling because of a difficult time you were about to to enter into. So can you talk a little bit, bit about that and how journaling went before this difficult time and what that was and how that looked? Sure. Um, I actually remember the date um, when I said my mentor had recommended journaling. She had recommended that on the first journal entry I have is October 15th of 2015. And it was r- shortly before that I was at her house with a Bible study and she had suggested that. And so um, I started on October 15th and I had written some sermons. I'd written a couple of prayers in there. I'd even written like something I'd heard about parenting. And I was just, it's not an everyday thing. I just had recorded. I didn't know what I was doing here. I was, you know, um, and so I was just writing things down. And then on November 24th, so that's about five weeks later from that, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Wow. And so I already had this amazing tool that it seems silly that in five weeks, but in five weeks, I still already had something to look back on. So when I got that diagnosis, this was my journal. It's just a plain black journal. I didn't, I just, it's just, this is from that time. Just, just a basic, that's all I had. I just grabbed something I had at home mm-hmm. and, and I just said, said, well, I guess I'll just keep writing. And so it's a beautiful thing because now I can see God's hand. So he had given me that tool before this started. That's amazing. It is. It's, it's just such a God thing. I just love telling people that because I didn't know anything about it. And it was certainly not by chance. That was him putting that on my heart so that when this happened, now I already, I already have all the recordings, the prayers people had for me, the verses that they sent me. And it's, it's priceless to me. So what did your prayer life, well, I'll say, how did your prayer life change, if at all, when you got that diagnosis? Did it change your prayers? Did it change the way that you prayed or the way that you approached God? I think, yes. I think, um, again, I was a believer for, for as long as I could remember, but I think that it became more personal for me because it was such a sudden, unexpected, difficult time. Mm-hmm. Um And so it became personal. And when we back to your point of people worrying about if they're writing the right way, some of my prayers are just, Lord, I'm just really struggling today. I need you. I'm scared. That was the prayer that day. It doesn't have to be something that sounds like you're a, you know, a theologian or anything. And so I have struggled a lot of my life with anxiety. And during this time, I just kept seeking his peace and that I had never experienced like I did before during that time. That was the most peace I've ever experienced, which seems so bizarre, but that's just from God. I think just continuing to bring myself back to him in prayer, asking for that during that time that he really honored that. And I was able to experience that to share with other, other women. So you're not even saying that you never experienced God comforting you with peace during a hard time. You've never experienced peace like that, even when things were fine. Correct. That's incredible. That is, that's amazing. And where do you think that came from? Like, I mean, I know it came from God. Would you, how did that manifest itself? Were you actively seeking that peace? Were you repeating affirmations? Were you reviewing your journal or was it just like a supernatural? It's just there all the time. I think it's probably both. I obviously we know, like you said, it's definitely from God. Yeah. And I think, um, 
it was supernatural. And I just kept asking him for that because I'd had pretty bad anxiety. And I'm thinking, okay, we have three daughters that are still at home. You know, my husband and I, and, and um, I was just afraid of what could happen if I, my anxiety got really bad. And here I had this breast cancer diagnosis. And so um, I just kept asking for this peace that passes all understanding. I've heard about it, Lord. I read about it and I've experienced your peace before, but I really, really need it. And I would ask people to pray specifically for that. So I'm sure that that helped also mm-hmm. all the prayers that were being said. Um, and my journaling helped a lot because on those days I could, again, I could just look back and I encourage people to do that, to look back at your journals, even if it's over a couple of week time, you'll see his hand. And I would write stories like I went into um, to get our, my oil changed on my car. And the lady that has, that worked, used to work there a lot was, she saw me and I, this was a couple weeks into the diagnosis. And she said, Angela, there's something different about you. You're so calm. You don't, you don't seem so, so stressed. <laughs> and so and I, she, she did it. Did she not know that you had had this diagnosis? No. Wow. That's ironic, right? <laughs> So I dropped off my car, my husband drove me home and I got out that journal and that's in there. And I wrote that down. And I, when I went back, then I tried, I said, okay, Lord, I need to use this for your glory. So I went back and I said, you know, I just want you to know that this is what's going on. This is only from God, that this is what this is. And I said, you know, I've never experienced anything like this. If I can pray for you, or I don't know, I didn't know what her faith was at all. And and she opened up about a relationship she was in that was a problem. And so I was able to pray with her and talk to her. And so that was just incredible. So then I came home and I wrote that in the journal. And so that isn't anything fancy. That's not a report. I just came home and said, Belinda now told me this. And then I wrote that down and I can look back at that now, five years later and remember and see God's hand. Praise God. And you know, that is something where, you know, in the Bible, these Ebenezer stones, you know, where the people of Israel would set up these monuments to what God had done. And that is what journaling can be is you just kind of are like, I need to do something to commemorate and remember this because something like that, just, you know, a passing, that's one of the things that I would have read back in my journal and, and, and thought, Oh, I didn't even remember that happened. Cause you're not going to think about the, the oil change lady right. just mentioning that you're peaceful. That's not something right. that necessarily would stand out, but for you to write that in your journal, cements it in your mind. And then again, right. you go back and recall that conversation with her so that, you know, you're probably never going to forget that now because you wrote it down. It's right. become kind of a like cornerstone of your faith and, and, not, not cornerstone of your faith. Like, um, I don't know, a pillar, encouraging. Of, uh, yeah, yeah, a pillar of faith building experience. <laughs> that wasn't very eloquent. <laughs> I'm not going to write that in my journal, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, I know. Yeah. Well, would you say during, during your diagnosis? So that was in what year? So that, that was in 2015. 2015. Mm-hmm. Okay. So during your journey, how long I'm, so at this point, are you cancer free? Yes. Right now. So how long was that journey between diagnosis, treatment, and then eventually getting an all clear? Um, that was about six, let's see from October, uh, six or seven months. Because the journey of cancer sometimes is a little twisty and windy. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I don't practice now, but I'm a nurse practitioner in women's health. So I had the, the head knowledge of some of this, but things are different. Like I would get a report and then it would be like, Oh, you could do this or this. And so then we'd have to seek the Lord and what, what would be better and then get a second opinion. And so you, you know, it was things that you don't really need this treatment. No, yes, you really do need this treatment. So it was really a lot more twisty than I thought. So probably six to seven months. And then of course it's like, well, we can't say it's officially all clear for years down the road, but I take medicine every day that, and I've never had a reoccurrence since that time. Praise the Lord. So. Yeah. Well, during that seven months or so of being diagnosed and treated and going through all these different things, did you see your prayer life change? Were there ever moments where you doubted or moments where you were frustrated with God or, I mean, it sounds like the initial response was that it drove you closer to God. Was that true the whole time? Or did you have moments of just feeling like, God, why, you know, why'd you do this or having trouble praying? 
That's a good question. Yes, to both. Yes. I mean, yes, it was initial, but it does get when it started getting twisty and windy. And then I've got three daughters and then my head starts going, oh, no, are they going to get this? Mm. And so then it was a lot of fear. And then, you know, you have to fight for testing. I wanted to get genetic testing done because I wanted to know if I have it, then they need to know. And so they had their fear. And, and so, yeah, there was definitely, I've got things in there where Lord, I love you, but I do not like this and I love you. And I, this is not at all what I wanted. So it was, I do not want anyone to think I just started because of this journaling. I just sailed right through you know, and then I had another time a couple, couple years afterwards, wow, we see a little shadow. Maybe there's something in the other side of the other breast now. So I was like, really, really? <laughs> you know, so yes, I mean, that's just, I think that's the side of heaven. I, I, I think those things are going to happen, but yes, there, I definitely have struggles in there in my journal and fear still crept in. I mean, it, it did, but I just try to keep reorienting myself, but yes, it was, it was tough. Yeah. Well, and I think for me personally, I've, I've had struggles with anxiety in the past, particularly related to health. And, um, I really have to take my thoughts captive because that's where, when you talk about like, okay, I've got my daughters and then the, what if like, that is what gets me every time Absolutely, is the, what if, and yeah, it's, um, it's something that can definitely take you down and down and down. And I feel like journaling is a way to I think of the scripture that talks about, you know, um, how God lifted, David talks about God lifting him out of the muck and the mire and planting his feet on the solid rock. And that's how I feel is that, you know, journaling and reading scripture and claiming that scripture is what can kind of take you from that sinking pit of what ifs and just set your feet on that firm foundation of, you know what, God, I trust you with my story. I don't like it but I trust you with it. You know, I'm not liking what I'm seeing right now, but yeah, you are good. Yes. Do love me and you love my kids and you know, but it, it doesn't make it easy. And so what advice would you give to someone? I know there are women listening now who have gotten a diagnosis and maybe they're waiting or maybe they're waiting to find out if they have cancer or something else, some other illness what advice would you give them right now if they're struggling with worry or anxiety about their future and their health? That's a good question too. I kind of threw that one out at you. I didn't give you that one ahead of time. I'm sorry, but. That's okay. That's an excellent question. I want to answer it well. Um, I think that I would say to look up scripture that you could, that you could hold on to with that. And I think what I'm learning is just exactly what you said, that God is good and that he is trustworthy and that he has steadfast love for us. He is not going to leave you or forsake you. And so for me personally, those are things where those sentences are all throughout my journal. And on a really rough day, those are things that I'll write. You are, you are good. You love me. I can trust you. You will not leave me or forsake me. I don't have to like this diagnosis and you are not saying it's going to be easy but you are telling me that I can trust you, that you have good plans for me and you were right there by my side. And so for me, that's what I would recommend is finding what, what is truth in the word. We live in a society now where people make their own truth. And I'm all about finding what is truth in scripture that you can hold on to and that is dependable and reliable. And that's the word of God. And so it sounds maybe cliche, but I, that's really what I have to do to counteract those is find those truths and hold on to those. And to remember, and I wish I remembered who said it, but I think we as women, especially, and I should speak for myself, feelings, we have to be careful. They, they, they give us clues, but they do not, as I read recently, they do not drive the engine. They are not, they're supposed to be the caboose, not the beginning. And so I think we, just like you said about taking every thought captive, absolutely true. Because if we don't, I think those feelings can just spin us out of control. And so I have to keep taking what I'm feeling back to the Lord and saying, what is truth here? This is not hopeless. It may feel hopeless. I may fear, I may feel fearful, but that is, does not have to be how I stay. I love that, that idea that feelings shouldn't be the driving force. They should be the yes. caboose. Yes. And that, that is where we kind of get into trouble. I think sometimes it's just so letting too. the feelings carry us away. Not that feelings aren't good and not that God can't use our feelings, but 
they can't be in control. And I think you hit the nail on the head with truth. I mean, truth, when you think about, when I think about what I struggle with most in terms of being fearful, it's the what if, and that is not based on truth. The what if is based on worry and, and, and fabricating things in your mind, taking things out to the worst logical conclusion. And there's a time for planning for the worst, if that comes to it, but planning for the worst, isn't, uh, the same as assuming the worst and then playing it out over and over in an infinite loop in your mind. And so I think standing on the truth, what is true right now, you know, and, and those are, those are, you know, only God can do that. And I just think recognizing that the, the fear and the worry and the replaying the loops of, of worry are being thrown at us from the enemy. They're being amplified by the enemy and and then just claiming that. So, and I think this episode is brought to you by visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Have you heard about our Patreon community? Patreon provides a way for listeners like you to partner with us to reach more women with the Praying Christian Women podcast and our other prayer resources. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get exclusive access to video recordings of podcast episodes, including some early access to episodes before they've even been published. You'll also be able to listen to our entire archive of retired episodes of the Prevailing Prayer Podcast, where our podcasting partnership began. You'll get sneak peeks of our newest prayer resources, as well as virtual retreats and other audio and video bonuses. To find out more, head over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash partner right now and check it out. You also talked about having other women praying for you. You specifically said, this is what I struggle with the most. I struggle with peace. So pray for peace for me. And then having that community of women praying for you and, you know, just lifting you up. Because there are times when we don't have the strength to even ask God for what we need. You know, we don't even have the words and and to have others there can be Mm -hmm. so important and powerful, I think. Yeah, I agree. So do you think that this journey of your diagnosis and treatments and recovery would have been different without journaling? And if so, how, how might it have looked differently if you hadn't begun journaling? I think, um, think. I, I believe that for, that for sure, I would not have been able to, as we said, look back and see God's hand so clearly. And even when I did that on the second day of my diagnosis, and I still had just a few days to look back, I already had that tool in place. I didn't have to look for something else that could help me. It was, it was already there. I already had the tool. I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew, well, I'm just going to keep writing this down, what I'm, what I'm seeing and what I'm struggling with to show the Lord. So, but I think the remembrance is really important. Yeah. Look back at it. I do too. And I think like, saying about my feelings, I think they would have, I think the feelings would have been a little bit more out of control mm-hmm. had I not had a place to, to journal that down because I would have to even then say to myself, is this true? Okay. You just wrote this whole thing, but what's truth in it? And just some of those, those verses that I had mentioned in truths about, about God before. And I think that really helped me have that tool there. Yeah. Well, and even in addition to, to pointing you to truth, sometimes just getting your feelings out on paper Sometimes that can be therapeutic too. Absolutely. They're showing scientifically now really how beneficial journaling and actual writing, like you're saying on paper with a pen and Mm -hmm. how powerful that is. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about you talking about how you were, you know, journaling prepared you. What would you, if you could go back to your pre-diagnosis self before even, I guess maybe before journaling, what would you tell your pre-diagnosis self when things were, um, when things were, I mean, I'm sure everyone has things going on, but when things were not 
so acutely difficult. What would you tell yourself to prepare yourself spiritually for the battle coming up? So for those that are not facing a difficult time right now, that are kind of coasting and things seem okay, what could we do to prepare ourselves spiritually for when something does happen? Because it will. Something's always going to happen sometime. What a great question. And not to sound like a broken record, but I think finding those key truths for you because you're going to need them. Mm. (laughs) Things are going to happen and you're going to need to remember. Sure. It's like, oh yeah, I know, you know, God loves me. He really loves you and he still has good plans for you. And he is still right there on your side. Even if we don't see it or understand it, he is still at work. He is still on his throne. He still loves you. He is not going to leave you or forsake you. And I think that just to get those ready, because like you said, is it something, something at some point in our life is going to happen where we're going to need to rely on those. Yeah. Well, I just, I really am excited to hear about your book itself. So after talking all about what got you to the place, um, can you tell us about your book and the actual seven steps? I mean, I asked you earlier, what can someone do that doesn't really like journaling, that's not super creative, doesn't like writing in order to kind of have a way to make it not seem that intimidating? Well, this book is what they can do because this book is actually like a guided journal, which I love. So can you tell us about your book and the seven steps? Yes. Um, it's in the beginning of the book, I explain what the seven steps are. Um, and on I, the seven steps, I have on my website, I have a, a bookmark that you can print off for free that has the seven steps on them. And what, do you want me to read you like in order what the seven steps are? Or sure. How do yeah. You want me to- yeah, definitely. Read through what they are. All right. So scripture is the first one. They're all S's. Um, I felt to back up a second, I felt like God had, had started putting these on my on my heart for months before this happened. And so I have a piece of paper that has all these S words and I have a dear friend and we sat with, with iced tea one day and she's like, I wonder what other S words. So I just had all these S words and kind of kept going back to the Lord of what do you want me to do with these? So we start out with scripture. And then in the book, what I have is 12 topics. And then you can kind of look for what you're going through, what you might be wanting to learn about or struggling with. There's all different 12 topics. And then there's verses underneath there. So I, I have then you pick what you want. It tells you the page and then the seven se- steps are all printed there and you write with your own handwriting what you're going to want to put down for the steps. So you write out the verse, which is the S, which is the scripture. The second step is soak it in. Just like you were saying, one of the steps is read that scripture out loud and listen how powerful that is. Mm-hmm. Reread it into your head, reread it out loud, soak it in and try to help you remember it, what that truth, what that verse is telling you. Then the third step is to search meanings. And I love how you said before you, you're a word geek and you love to look up what words are. And a lot of women that have gotten this book have loved this. And what we actually do is I recommend is take the words out of a verse and look it up. Like look up what is the definition of joy and look up things and break those words down like you're talking about and understand them, especially if we've been in church for a long time. We know what joy is, but when you look it up and see what the actual definition is, it, it really means a lot. It does. So we look up different words. You can use an actual dictionary. I have a Bible dictionary that I use too. And it's just, it's so powerful. It is. It's amazing how many times, especially like you said, those of us that have memorized scripture or have grown up in the church, you just take for granted the, the nuances of the yeah. meanings of these words and verses. I think it is really fun to take them apart and listen to them, you know, look at them in a different light under the microscope really. Yeah. yeah, Fleshes it out. So that's the third step. And then the fourth one is saying to me, what do you think that what God is personally saying to you in this verse or these verses or the section that you're on? And that's powerful because what is he saying to you, to me, Angela, what what is he saying to me right now? We know that if we're going to look at that in a year, I bet he might be saying something different depending on the season or the situation that we're in which we know the, the word is living and breathing. And so it's, it, that may change. And, and so different people will see that different ways. And then the fifth step is set your mind. Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on things above, not on things below. And basically that's kind of like a, a sentence. Now you know this truth, you understand it better. What are you going to choose to set your mind on about what you've just learned? And you just write that down. So you just create kind of a, a statement 
to stand on, like in your own words of what that means to you. Something like, I choose to remember, Lord, that your love for me is steadfast. Mm-hmm. I love that. that you're going to actually choose. And when, when the enemy starts to, to send lies and things, we go back and say, no, it is not anything I've done that's going to change his love for me. I choose to remember that his love for me is steadfast. Yeah. And I mean, you could consider that we hear a lot today in this day and age about affirmations and how we can manifest things into our lives. And that's not what we're talking about. But I I refer to biblical affirmations as really powerful, like a truth spoken in your own words or, you know, rewritten in your own words based firmly on a proper interpretation of scripture. That can be life changing to just speak that over yourself, you know, or someone else. Yeah. So the powerful thing then is in when you journal that, you again can open those pages up and look back at them and remember those Christian affirmations that you're, what, what did you choose to set your mind on? There it mm-hmm. is. It's right there in a sentence for you, right there to take with you that day. That's great. Yeah. And then the sixth step is share. How can we share now what we know? And I tell women, easy, you know, you can do a social media post. That's easy. You can text it. We, you can write an actual letter to people. I do that. Write an actual letter. Call a friend and tell them what you've learned. All sorts of things. Hang up a, a picture up in your home that shares a verse that you really, really speaks to you. So just how are you going to share it? And then the seventh step is say it in a prayer. And so did you just put a prayer? And sometimes they're lengthy and sometimes they're a sentence or two about what you want to pray about from what you've just learned from that verse and how you can. And I just tell women again, it's just communication with the Lord. He wants a relationship. We want a relationship with him. People get scared by that word sometimes too. And it's just writing down what, what you want to speak to the Lord and what you're hearing him say. So those are the seven simple steps. I have some people that do all the steps. Some people just do a few, but my goal is just to help people understand God's love and truth for them personally. I love that. And like you said, my favorite part about scripture is like you said, you can read it one day and then a few weeks later or a year later or a few years later, you might get something totally different out of it. And, um, and I was thinking when you were talking about say it in a prayer, depending on where you are and what your need is or where you're, where you're at, at that moment, that prayer could be praising God for something in it. It could be thanking him. It could be asking him for something that you need. And I just think that's really neat too, to see how there are these different facets of how we might pray depending on where we are in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. that's really neat. Well, that is great. Um, so who did you write this book for? What would you say? Who would you say is, is the, the avatar of the person that you're, <laughs> that you're wanting to target this for? What kind of woman? And I know it's for everyone, but what specifically did you, who did you have in mind? I think um, women that, that may or may not know the Lord. There are some women that just kind of was given it to them by a gift, or I've talked to certain women about it and said, here might be a way that it's not intimidating. A lot of women told me before this, that they just don't have, they feel like the word is very intimidating. And so they don't get into it as much as they should because they just feel overwhelmed by it. They just don't understand it. They just feel like it's kind of, so I, I think to help women really understand that. And I'm really strong into truth. I think especially now where people are just making truth, whatever they want it to be, we need to know exactly what truth is. So it's really just to help women understand God's word in a simple way and that to understand the truth and love that he has for their lives. Well, what I love about this is there are some Bible studies, because this really is a, a scripture study mm-hmm. journal. And what I love about it is that it's relying on the Holy Spirit to lead us and to, yep. and to help us to discover the meaning rather than like, I've done some studies that are great, but the questions almost, you, you kind of have to, you kind of read into what you're supposed to say. And that's not, you know, I, I, there's a time and a place for that. I do like those sometimes because sometimes the author has insights that I didn't have and asks probing questions, but this is so basic. And I love that it, it really will train women to study the Bible for themselves in, in bite-sized chunks in ways so that when they're done with this, with the, the specific scriptures that you lay out there, then I think they could easily take this method out on their own and, and sort of, you know, test drive it on their own. That's what I want them to do. That's exactly what I want them to do. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Well, before we go, I wanted to ask you, what is your biggest challenge in your prayer life right now? And what do you love most about prayer? 
I think my biggest challenge right now is the amount of people I see around me that just have needs for prayer. And so I've really been trying to be much more diligent where I go through times where, to be honest, I don't record it all down like I should. And I have to now because what we're going through right now, I've just so many prayer requests that I want to be faithful to them and pray that. And some days um, um, empathy is one of my strengths. And so sometimes it's just, Oh, it's heavy. It can and feel so like I a want... weakness sometimes because yeah. of, yeah, cause I'm with you. It's when you actually feel that and take on the pain of others, it can be burdening if we're not able to, yes. to get them down and pray them out. You know, it, yeah. it can feel like too much. Yeah. So I would say that. And then I'm sorry, what was the second part of the question? Oh, what do you love the most about prayer? I think the um, I think the older I'm getting, the comfort that it is and how I finally understand that it's it's just a communication and it's talking with God. And when I was younger, went to Christian school, it was a lot more of printed prayers. And so it was a lot of those kind of things. And now I just know I don't need anything printed. I just come to him. And, and just like you said, sometimes it's praising. Sometimes it's praising and sadness. And sometimes it's I really need you. I need help with this. I need wisdom. I need guidance. And so I just love that that comfort that I have with the Lord now of just being able to be vulnerable to him and just brutally honest because he already knows what I'm going to say anyways. So, you know, and I know he's, he's my hope. He's my answer. So I would say the comfort amount of it. I love that. Yeah. He can handle it. He can handle our, our rage, our anger, our disappointment, just as much as he can handle our praise and love and Thanksgiving. So I agree. That's great. Well, where can our listeners find your book and find you on social media? Thank you. Um, my book is on Amazon and you can just Google either my name or seven simple steps to studying scripture. And then I have a website. My name is Angela. It has two L's. My parents thought that was cute when they named me with the two L's. So it's A-N-G-E-L-L-A. And then my last name Buns, B-U-N-D-Z.com. That's my Facebook name, Angela Buns. And then Instagram is Angela.Buns. And I also have a group that I'd love anyone to join that would love to. Um, It's called The Power of Paper. It's a Facebook group and anyone's welcome. And I go on Tuesday nights on a Facebook live at 730 and I take verses on a theme that I'm studying with everyone that month. And then we break those down with the seven steps. And then women, it's really fun. I love it. Um, And then in the comments, women will add, well, this is what I saw as a meaning. And this is what I saw as um, something in my, the version I looked at. And it's really powerful just to have everyone share what they're learning and seeing in the word with those verses. And this month we're studying grace. So every month we've had a theme. Um, our daughter, Grace, recommended, I just been wanting to do something with these steps. And my daughter, Grace said, mom, just start something. Just let's just start a Facebook group. And, you know, so my tech children, she started right, right as COVID started. And I've just been doing it every week. And the numbers, it's growing. And I would love any other women that want to join in. I would love it. It's called the Power Paper. And we do that. And I post the verses like on Monday. And then Tuesday, we go through and share what we're seeing God show us through his word. Oh, that is so great. And how fun that you get to do that with your daughter. And that, how oh. old is your daughter? We have three. That Grace is, um, she's 23, the one that, that recommended that I do that. So, Oh, that is so yeah, nice. We're all involved somehow. Our daughter, Katie, she's she's done some things. And our daughter, Molly, she helps post things on it. and they're really been very supportive of this journey of me. And I'm really glad for that. So that is so neat just for them to see you focusing on this and for this, this to be your passion. I mean, that's, that's a powerful thing too. That's really neat. Thank you. Oh, good. Well, um, I guess that's it right now. So let's, um, how can we be praying for you? I think just that God would continue to use me with, for his, for his kingdom. That's, that's my, my desire right now for this. This is all brand new to me. I just, just wisdom and guidance because many days I don't know what I'm doing with all this. I just keep stepping out in faith and asking him to show me. So I appreciate your time and your prayers. And it's it's really been great to get to spend time with you today. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. I'm just excited. I mean, what a perfect time for you to have begun this Facebook live group where people can join you and journal, you know, when, when everyone is so 
disconnected physically, you know, and I know to different levels, we're getting back to some level of connection, but it's so nice to have really, you know, Bible-based outlets that we can go to, to, to be able to be connected with other women and to encourage each other. I think so. All right. Well, let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for this time with Angela. God, we thank you for her testimony, how you went before her and just um, equipped her with the tool of prayer journaling or scripture journaling um, just before going through a cancer diagnosis and the ways that you have grown her passion for journaling and her passion for sharing that with other women and equipping other women with the tools that they can use. I thank you for this book, and I just pray that you would open doors for it to reach many, many women. We pray that through this book and through the um, the teaching on how to journal, that women would be saved, that they would come to know you for the first time. We pray that women that previously didn't have a, a thriving faith would grow deeper in their relationship with you. And we pray that those who already had a strong faith would would just be be able to grow even deeper and and maybe even share their knowledge and mentor other women. We just lift up Angela today and her family. Um, I give you thanks for the healing that you brought to her life, that she's cancer-free, and we just continue to pray your healing hand on her life. And um, we just pray that your peace would just permeate every fiber of her being, God, that she would be able to walk in um, just fullness and abundant life. We pray that you would direct her and guide her in the next steps to glorify you through her gift of teaching and writing. We pray that you would grow her Facebook group and that you would grow her audience and that you would just help her to tease out. It's so hard to know just in this day and age how to, how to, where to place our voice, where to place our energy to get our voice where it needs to be. But you know exactly where she needs to be. You know who she needs to invest in. You know the way, the medium that she needs to use to get her voice out there. And and we just pray that you would show her exactly where that is. And I just pray for her daughters. And I just thank you for the way that they've been involved in this process, that you would continue to just cultivate a love for you in their lives as well. And we pray your blessing on her home and her family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.